Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is coming soon. Today I'm going to start off our sermon meditation in, a, in an unconventional way. I'm going to sing, just a little bit, uh, a part of a jingle from an old TV commercial. And I'm thinking that you guys might be able to finish it, so there's going to have to be a little bit of participation here. All right, think you can do this? All right. The best part of waking up. Ah, oh, I thought you could do it. I figured there were enough of us who were old um, who would remember that jingle. And if you remember that jingle, then maybe, just maybe, you might remember the commercial, or at least one of them, uh, that went with it, where Peter comes home from college for Christmas. Do you remember that one? It starts with a college student exiting a little car outside of his parents' home, and he lets himself into the house, and then he, he, he figures that he's got a special way to wake everyone up. And so he loads the coffee machine with Folgers. And soon the smell has wafted up the stairs and opened the eyes of his parents. And they come down the stairs wondering, what is going on? And they see him. Peter, you're home. And it's a happy family reunion. Now, it might be a little sappy, but I got to admit, I like that commercial. It reminds me of all the times my brothers and sisters came home for Christmas from being at school far away. And those are good memories. But you know, the commercial only works because the parents know Peter. He's their son. They love him. If they didn't have a son and they came down to find someone else making Folgers in the kitchen, the commercial would have a decidedly different feel to it. Because a stranger just won't do. For a joyful reunion, you need someone you've been waiting for. Someone that you know and love. The theme for our midweek Advent series this year has been Jesus' arrival stirs the heart. Today we consider how his arrival fills our hearts with joy because we know who he is and we know what his arrival means. Uh, earlier we read from New King James Version. Today, or Now we're going to read, this is the NASB, so it might be a little different, uh, verses 39 through 45 again from Luke 1. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she 
who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. These are the words. May the Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit, bless our study of them. Amen. Now, as we read earlier, previous to this, young Mary had received a visit from the angel Gabriel, and he had informed her that she was going to be a mother. But not just any mother. She was going to be the mother of the long-expected Savior of the world. And when she had wondered aloud how this was going to happen, now she didn't doubt it, but just wanted to know how, Gabriel revealed to her that the Holy Spirit would perform a miracle so that the child that would soon begin growing in her womb would be God's own son. Talk about an overwhelming message. And so Gabriel didn't stop there. To encourage Mary's faith in this amazing message from God, Gabriel told her about another miracle that God had done just a few months previous. He told her that one of her relatives, Elizabeth, we don't know how they were related exactly, but one of her relatives who was childless and thought to be beyond the the age of childbearing and was never going to have a child, she was now six months pregnant because nothing is impossible for God. That's why Mary got up quickly and hurried to the hill country. She was going to have a miracle baby, and so was her friend Elizabeth. You know, if you think about it, Elizabeth might have been the only one on the planet who had any idea of the thoughts and emotions that were going through Mary's mind at this time. So it's not surprising that Mary would go and see her. And when she gets there, she enters the house, and she greets Elizabeth, and when she does, another miracle happens. Now, just so we understand here, the Holy Spirit already lives in these two women because they're followers of the Lord. And when he creates faith in Jesus in a person's heart, then he stays there to live in that person's heart. But now the Holy Spirit poured himself in a special way into Elizabeth and into the growing child that was in her womb. And little John, sensing the nearness of the Messiah, jumped for joy in Elizabeth's womb. And in a moment, in just an instant, the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth with knowledge about this child, that the child was there. And he also informed her that this child was God's own son. And he informed her about Gabriel's conversation with Mary and how she had believed immediately God's promise. Now, we know all of this happened in an instant because, well, Zacharias didn't know this. You know, Elizabeth's husband didn't know any of this. The angel hadn't told him. And Mary had just learned this herself and had hurried up to the hill country to visit Elizabeth. So Elizabeth could only have known these things by the Holy Spirit revealing them to her in this moment. 
But now let's look a little closer. For we aren't here just for a Folgers moment, not just to see a happy reunion between relatives. Now there's a greater reason for all of the shouting and the jumping here. Because of the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth and John, they recognize more than just Mary standing before them. They recognize the Son of God in her womb. He is present, and in his presence, the Holy Spirit fills them both with joy. Why does John jump? For joy, because his Savior from sin is here. Now, that might seem incredible to say, because John is just a little unborn infant right now, probably only about 12 inches long. But here we have definite proof that the Holy Spirit can move the heart of even the smallest human being. This is a special case, to be sure, but it still stands. And we might remember this moment the next time we baptize one of our infants into the Lord's family, that the Holy Spirit moved John's heart to joy. Now, later, John would testify with his words. But here, at the Holy Spirit's prompting, little John testified with an infant leap of joy. And thank God, Elizabeth was there to tell us why. So now, let's look at Elizabeth's word for a second. We have to unpack them just a bit. Blessed. Elizabeth says that Mary is blessed among women. In other words, if you were to line up all the women in in the world in order of how blessed they were by God from the greatest to the least, Elizabeth says Mary would be first in line, most blessed. That word blessed means the recipient of divine favor, or in simpler terms, someone who's received a gift from God. It doesn't say anything about the person. It doesn't say that they were worthy of the gift. It just says they got it. And then Elizabeth adds, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth knew what it was like to have a dead womb, a womb that wouldn't kindle. For many years, she had wanted a child But God's answer had been, no, at least not yet. But she didn't know that. And the women of her day thought it was a great disgrace for a woman not to be able to have a child. And Elizabeth had lived with that shame for a long time. But then, then her womb was blessed by God. And John began growing in it. And now she was looking at young Mary, seeing that her womb was blessed in an even greater way. Her womb would produce the promised seed of the woman, the one that would crush Satan's power. You remember the words back in the Garden of Eden when God declared judgment on Satan, saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. 
Mary's child was this head crusher, Satan's greatest enemy. And all of this humbled Elizabeth to the core. She says, how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? Why would this honor be given to me? I don't deserve this. And so we see great joy mixed with humility. And lastly, Elizabeth is filled with joy because she sees Mary's faith and what is revealed to her. In an instant, the Holy Spirit informed Elizabeth about Mary's childlike faith. When Gabriel said that she would bear God's son, the Holy Spirit moved her to believe it. And in her own words, she told the angel, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Elizabeth was made to know this is how Mary had responded. And it filled her with joy too. It's true. Jesus' arrival stirs the heart. It stirs the heart and fills it with joy when we know who he is and what his arrival means for us. Mary and Elizabeth and even little John knew. They knew by faith who this Jesus is. Do we remember who this Jesus is? Or do we forget? You know, they say familiarity breeds contempt. You get used to the people and the places and the things that are always around you. You take them for granted. You start to devalue them because they're always there. Have we done this with Jesus? If Advent does its job, we will remember Jesus is the one who made me. He's the one who knows me better than anyone else. He's the one who wants me to be part of his family forever. Jesus is the one who was willing to take the blame for all the things that I've done, for every sin. He is the one who suffered on that cross, even suffered hell, to buy me back to God. He's the one who took the sins of the world on himself out of pure love for sinners. Jesus is my greatest friend, the noble husband of the church, my strong and gentle brother, my healing doctor, the wisest planner, the greatest king, the most patient of teachers. Jesus' arrival stirs the heart. Not because we put it in a theme and print it on a bulletin. Jesus' arrival stirs the heart with joy when the Holy Spirit applies his word to our hearts and reminds us who this Jesus is. Because a stranger won't do for a joyful reunion 
like Christmas, you need someone you've been waiting for, someone you know and love. So may the Holy Spirit prepare our hearts so that they overflow with joy when we celebrate Jesus' birth and when he surprises us on that last day. Amen.